At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. And here we go. Yak Gadget, made in America, based outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Yak Gadget offers all kinds of storage accessories, quick mount motor mounts, anchor systems, track mounted accessories, even paddles. Go to yakgadget.com and get your kayak decked out for your next trip out on the water. The 153 Bay Company, based in Troy, Ohio, make everything from plastics to custom painted hard baits. Hook them hard and hook them off. All of our baits are made to order and all of our hard baits are hand painted to order. So go to the153anglers.com to place your order today. This segment is brought to you by Jigmasters. Step up your game with high-quality performance jigs, spinner baits, buzz baits, and more from Jigmasters.com. And always, when in doubt, get the jig out. You're listening to Bass Fishing for News on the Paddling Fan Podcast with your hosts, Ryan Milford and Sean Lambert. Welcome back, everyone, to another exciting episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I am your host, Sean. Um, Ryan is still um, uh, working things out with his work uh, schedule and everything. He should be back next week, um, anxiously awaiting his return. But for now, still flying solo. Um, So tonight, um, making our return appearance to Paddle and Fin, but for the first time ever on the Bass Fishing for Noobs segment, I'd like to welcome Mr. Richie Loffrey. Welcome, sir. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for hopping on. I'm um, looking forward to uh, talking about some swim baits and stuff. But um, for those of you, uh, for those of the listeners who haven't heard you on Paddle and Fin before, I know you've been on the OG show a few times, um, kind of just popping in here and there. Um, but for those of uh, the listeners who haven't heard uh, or aren't familiar with you, um, can you just let the folks know who you are, where you're from, kind of how you got into fishing, and um, we'll go from there. Well, same old story. Dad got, dad was into fishing, and I mean, I've been into it since I was three, four years old, and that was 32 years ago. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm based out of southwest Missouri, uh, Branson. Uh, I'd say Hollister, but people think California. <laughs> but uh, I've, I've got table rock i've got both shoals within 15 minute drive either way from my house wow uh, i've got taney como at my front door which it's uh advertised as a trout lake 
uh, but it's got everything in it. Uh, got a lot of predatory species around here. Uh, striped bass, all three black bass, walleye. Uh, there's a lake just north of here that, that has muskie in it. Uh, and then, like I said, Tanicombe was known for trout. Uh, was it? It was a year and a half ago. We had two state records caught two months apart. It was 39 and 40 pounds. Wow. For a brown trout. That's kind of crazy. I don't I don't think I ever thought of Missouri as a, a fishing paradise, but it sounds pretty awesome, man. Uh, our state record striper was is, was caught out of the same area. I catch mine, and it's four pounds off the world uh, freshwater record. Okay. Uh, 65 pounds, and the record 69.10. What's your weather out there right now? Like, is it, are, are you still cold or are you warming up? Full-blown spring. We're, we're seeing lows like 30s, 40s, and uh, highs in the 60s and 70s. Okay, so it sounds just like, I'm in PA, uh, and it sounds very similar to where we're at, too. So, that's yeah, cool. So, trees have bloomed, and flowers are popping. and So, everything's there. really starting to heat up, I imagine, right? Or fishing-wise, anyway. Cool. Uh, so I, I went out two weeks ago with a buddy who was competing in a tournament on that lake. Uh, he had two over six and four casts. I had two fives, a four, a, three, a couple of three pounders. Um, and he had several others. And we had fast and furious action for 40 minutes and I racked up a hundred and a quarter inches with my best five. That's amazing. Those are the kind of days you just love. <laughs> I, I didn't even pull up my, uh, stakeout pole anchor for one wow. hour. Oh my gosh. You're going to, uh, you know, get all your luck out in the first shot, you know? <laughs> yeah. That, that was the good, uh, first fishing trip of the, the year I'd gone out on, uh, bull shoals in two different areas and one area had ex uh, an extreme amount of shad schools uh, i was marking uh bait schools 30 feet wide 30 feet deep and 40 foot of water and oh my goodness. Uh, and then uh the other area the next week was just gin clear and you you really had to be stealth to even get anywhere near side of a fish okay uh, but uh but yeah that was the two weeks ago was the first good one i went this morning uh i tried i i almost threw my old reliable bait uh but i had picked up the dream smasher it's almost eight inches it, it's measured at seven and three quarters inches the flying v and i swear this thing's two inches wide it's a it's <laughs> an extremely girthy bait I went 0 for 3 on uh, hits, and I'm pretty sure it just it spooked the whole area. Okay. Uh, I sat there for an hour with no other bites, with other baits, and moved on. And, uh, uh, and an old standby, other than the swim baits for me, is the jig. Uh, this time, what was it, the 24th? So three days ago was the one year anniversary i went out the same area and, and caught two uh, largemouth over nine pounds wow uh, and the second one was on a jig and i went back to that 
same area and uh i had 88 and a half inches and and managed to catch uh, a 19 and a quarter that i it called my 19 in my monthly so i gained a quarter <laughs> <laughs> usually when you're up that big it's you know you're fighting it for anything but it, uh, oh. that's definitely an upgrade so last year <laughs> last year uh the day I caught the two nines, I racked up a hundred and a half, and uh, I went out two days later and culled my bottom three. <laughs> so I had a, I had a twenty-three and three quarter, a twenty-three, a twenty-two and a half, a twenty and three quarter, and like a nineteen and three quarter, and I ran out of time. It was like the last day of the month. Oh my goodness! I finished out at one oh nine and three quarter. That's crazy. That's insane. And uh, even <laughs> and, and you swim bait, buddy. You, you won that tournament, right? I'm I'm assuming. Yeah, I won that and and big bass. Uh, twenty three. Uh, anything over twenty three inches is going to be extremely hard to beat, Missouri. Uh, fun fact about catch and release in our CPR tournaments. So that big bass that I used or I caught for March, it was caught again by uh, my painter buddy that I mentioned uh, in July. It was caught th again three months later, and again, it won him big, the big bass pot and all. <laughs> so we, we, uh, we've roughly located that fish's address and sent it at 1099. <laughs> that's, that's the least you can do, really, yeah. <laughs> Maybe buy him some dinner. Uh, also in July, another buddy, uh, Brennan, he... He, he spent 20-something-plus days that month on the water and finally edged me out at 110 and a half. Oh, my goodness. That's just crazy. He's I can't even imagine. Strictly, strictly swim bait. Wow. Well, let's talk about that. Uh, so we're going to talk about swim baits tonight. Um I guess uh, we'll start with your favorites. Uh, you know, how did you get started throwing swim baits? Is that something you've always done, or uh, how long ago did you start throwing them? So, uh, in the late '90s, uh, the Castaic hardhead—I think it's the hardhead—shad uh, and bluegill. Uh, I bought them because they looked realistic. I really didn't have the proper gear to throw them with. I don't even know or remember if I ever caught a fish on them. Um, one time I was digging through dad's tackle box, found this broomstick that he uh, had carved in the late 80s uh, for pike when we lived in Iowa. Uh, threw that in the neighborhood pond, <clears throat> caught a four-pound largemouth and a four-pound smallmouth just waking it on the surface. Weird thing. I never threw it again. Huh. That was 2001. <laughs> <laughs> that was 2001. I lived in California for a little bit. Um, found a Spro, uh, the BBZ 4-inch Shad on the bank. It was a floater. Put a new hook on it. Uh, fish blasted it left and right. Um, Having some familiarity with the uh, Castaic, the bait shop there at that lake in California, they had the six-inch Castaic hardhead. Uh, walked, bought it, walked down to the boat ramp, gave it a toss, flung the body off the head, 
and walked to him back up to the big shop and got a return. Um, so moved back in Missouri in 2010. It was 2012 or 13. Uh, Bass Crazy 365 was holding a power versus paddle tournament, uh, CPR tournament, uh, bass boats versus kayaks. That's uh, awesome. I, it was a week-long tournament. Uh, I had a hot bite with a spinnerbait, got a good almost 80-inch limit the first day, fished every day for that next week, and could not for the life of me cull my 14-inchers that were my limit. Hmm. And, uh, I was over on Bull Shoals and stopped in a bait shop over there. And they had this uh, Strike King, King Kong wake bait, six inch. Yeah, this is the Gizzard Chad color. It's an out of production bait. Paid 25 bucks for it. At the time for me, gosh, we're almost 10 years now. Uh, that was expensive. Um, they don't like rocks. So if you like doing an underhand cast, these are not for you. <laughs> I bloated uh, probably three of these baits with underhand cast. Uh, and I actually found a piece of one in one of my regular areas last fall after it'd been there for uh, three, four years since the last time I went down there. <laughs> And it was just that, just that little tail section with the treble on it. Nice. Uh, and then, so for the first two months, I I owned that wake bait. I used to crank it down, try to jerk it, and uh, I started watching some videos on YouTube, tactical bassing, and uh, Bill C. Mattel was had pumped out a bunch of videos in their 2010, 11, 12. And, uh, they all rang the same bells, like slow down. So, uh, October, 2013. Yeah. So that had to have been 13. Uh, I was waiting on a buddy to fish table rock, went over to this dam area, uh, bridge area threw that wake bait out. And you just creep it just enough to get it to wiggle. And uh, first cast, I hadn't even fished that bait in Table Rock yet. And first first trip with that bait, I had a five and a quarter pound smallmouth absolutely explode on it. Hmm. Uh, not even five foot from where it landed. Uh, I almost forgot to set the hook. The, the, the strike was so spectacular. Like, I, I'd wish I'd had that $100,000 camera that could just go and zoom up on that in slow-mo. Like, you saw the fish come up, chomp it, and then it, like, flipped. And I'm like, oh, yeah. better set that hook. Uh, okay. I finally met up with my buddy on a boat, went out, and I think I caught two or three more on it. Eight. So I was like, all right, there's something to it. And... Um, I started picking up the Spros. Uh, that's the six-inch Spro uh, BBZ Junior. They're twenty bucks on Tackle Warehouse. Okay. Uh, the floaters two ounces. The slow sink is two and a quarter, uh, and the, they have a fast sink that's two and a half. Uh, 
so that was another learning curve uh was the uh syncrates uh the syncrates i got a kitty table right here in front my back walked on it uh which syncrate you choose depends on depth versus your retrieve speed <clears throat> if you're fishing slow most of the time a floater or the slow sink will work um if you're fishing fast you more likely don't want the floater because it tends to blow out because it's so buoyant so you get the slow sink rot up a little bit and on that fast retrieve that bait will right on the surface and um and then you can fish a, a fast sink faster deeper uh than you could a slow sink uh, okay on <clears throat> on like glide baits uh some of them have set sink rates uh some of them are floaters uh some are super tuned super tuned could be a floater but the nose sits nose down so that when you start to retrieve it'll actually dive but when on the pause it'll come back pull it to the surface okay. uh, me personally i kind of like the super tunes or floaters because you can always change out the hardware or add weight um i just emptied a box of uh, storm suspense strips <coughs> today wrapping a, a hook shank we'll get to that um but that's uh let me see yeah i got one here so on this kgb legend there's your storm suspense strip if i take that strip off and yeah it'll be a floater this one it falls about that fast <laughs> uh i do it that slow especially in the colder months because uh, once i hear guys throwing jerk baits in the area i go straight to these uh, just because i can tune that and almost have a suspending glide right um colder months fish slower summer months fish faster and uh, uh how about in the water column? Is it usually the warmer the water, the higher in the water column, or uh, it depends? So it, I've caught fish in a foot of water in 50 degree even water temp. Okay. Uh, I've had topwater fish on that wake in January. On <laughs> wow. Um just slow down. And I mean, not, I'm not talking about the one trip and I caught one fish. It was every, any sunny afternoon I had, and it was a little warmer than average. Mm -hmm. You go out, you find the sun-beaten banks, especially like around here, you have a lot of bluff banks. Real steep drop-off. There's quick, deep water access. Um uh, and you just throw this thing parallel 45 away from those banks. And uh, I've had them eat it on the bank. And there's, I mean, icicles on the bank. 
that's how cold it is. Hmm. And they're keeping it on top in a foot of water. Right. Uh, but I'm fishing slow. I'm okay. fishing uh, five, two to one, six, four to one reels. Uh, this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Some guys are like, you can fish a 7183, and you can always slow down. You know how irritating and nerve-wracking <laughs> it is to slow down an 8-3 to the same crawl of a 5-2? It's a big difference. You, it doesn't. You don't think it is, but no. Oh, you could always slow down. No, it's. <laughs> you, I mean, you'll freeze before you make a full rotation. <laughs> um. But uh, no. So, uh, late January, pretty much the month of February is just my worst for anything. Um. Uh, I've tried for 10 years since I've been back here to get a bass pattern going in that time that I think I'm going to just finally give up this year. And uh, Next year, same time period, uh, I'm going to go hunt for the walleye. Uh, there's a local guide that has a jerkbait pattern when the lake level's right, uh, a.k.a. not 30 feet high on both shoulders, <laughs> um, that he's uh, – his personal best went 16 pounds. Okay. Oh my gosh. That's a big uh, one. One year he caught, I think he caught over a hundred over five pounds. I think 15 of them was over 10. Wow. So I want to get out there with the swim baits. Uh, Cause our state records set pretty high at 21 pounds, one ounce with the, World record being 23, 24. Not that far away. No. Uh, that's crazy. So that's a that's that's another thing. Um, I I haven't found much of a differentiation between species on preferences. Okay. Um, I see guys on the forums always asking, "Hey, what's the best swim bait for smallmouth? What's the best swim bait for spotted bass?" <sighs> They all, it, it, if you already have largemouth in that same area and you're already catching the largemouth, you're going to catch the smallmouth and you're going to catch the spots. Uh, I've caught spotted bass on 10 inch baits. I've caught smallies on nine inch baits on wow. table rock. Okay. Uh, 
they'll eat it. If they can, I mean, most of the time they swipe it and they get a treble hook on a glide or something. Uh, I've not thrown a lot of the big plastics on table rock or bushels, uh to target the smallmouth. I mean, the eight, eight inch plus stuff. I've caught them on the like the six inch mag drafts and the Scotts burrows, uh, paddle tails. Uh, but you don't have to. Uh, it's it's universal. I, I've caught the. <clears throat> I've got another my striper spot. I've caught largemouth. I've caught smallmouth. I've caught spots. I've caught the walleye. I've caught the striper, all in the same baits. It's kind of nice because you you know you never know what you're gonna pull up at that point. You're kind of oh, yeah. you know. And there's there's massive drum down there. I haven't caught one of those on a swim bait. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, there is a wing wall down there at this dam. Uh, I was casting an eight inch Spro BBZ, and I hooked and landed five carp. <laughs> they were like all seven to ten pounds. I mean, hooked in the face. I don't know if it was just coincidence that they're facing upstream and the lure came and got them in the face, or I don't. I after the fifth fish, I just left the spot. I was, <laughs> I was gonna say, I think maybe once or twice it might be a coincidence, but after the fifth one, probably not so much. <laughs> um, I, I'm looking for white. I'm not looking for gold. Look for tuxedo. Right. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> I've caught a 50 pound four ounce striper. That's my overall personal best. Uh, my kayak personal best is a 36 pounder. Uh, both were on the same bait, the eight inch bro. Uh, they're 35 bucks. Uh, I throw it. I'm not even sure if the rod's available. Uh, it's a TFO, uh, 711 GTS Magnum heavy. swim. their swim bait rod. It's their one to six ounce rod. Uh, I've been checking the website for months because guys will ask me. And every time I go check the website, it's out of stock. Now, I don't know if that's just because COVID and because every, everyone else is struggling to get supplies in stock. But So uh, I've been working on getting some other companies' rods to be able to confidently uh, – give recommendations um like with irod or dobbins um i've handled them i've not i've and, and casted them but i've not used them personally for an extensive amount of time and got fish on them and used different baits because uh, the way they label theirs uh like you've got the 795 it's a seven foot nine inch five power uh, there's an 806, there's an 807, uh, there's, there's so many, uh, a lot of, a lot of stuff's on Tackle Warehouse and Tackle Warehouse has, has all the reviews on those rods. So guys will tell you that they're good or bad. Uh, Cashin came out with one, uh, Kistler, uh, come out with their swim bait rods last year. Uh, actually, Gave Trey some input uh, on those rods, I, I, but I don't have one personally. Uh, he uh, sent me a video of him casting 
oh, I can't remember if it was an eight-inch Huddleston or like a depth uh, slide swimmer 250. It was a five, six-ounce bait, and uh, and it was it was funny. I, I was watching a video and something was just irking me, and he come <laughs> back with me. He's like, so how did that cast look? I go, that's what's bugging me. I'm like, man, the way you whip that back and then chuck it forward, that's a, a really good way to get that line looped around the rod tip. And when you go forward, you snap that lure off. <laughs> when you when you cast it, I mean, it could be a one-ounce bait. It could be a 10-ounce bait. Most of the time, you want to start back here. You don't want to start up here and do a happy Gilmore. Uh, especially if you go and use braid. Um, there's a lot of guys that will use braid, braid the leader, straight braid. Uh, I don't like it. Uh, just my style of fishing and my rod, my current rod setup is not cohesive with braid. Uh, the Taney Como tournament I fished last year was so I won March with fish off Taney Como. We had a regular club tournament uh, in June on it. So I've, I've got everything rigged with swim baits, uh, including a braid rod that I was going to throw a frog on later in the day. <coughs> and uh, I had this. Uh, this is the True Bass 5.5. And I had that tied on that braid rod. Well, I had caught another, what was that, 22 and a quarter inch fish on that bait in April. And... Uh, didn't get bit on my mag, my six-inch mag graph. So I picked that up on my straight braid rod, hooked into a fish, got next up to the boat. I'm grabbing my net, and this fish goes tail walking. Well, braid, no stretch. It unloaded the whole rod line, and it went to tail walking, and oh. easy 20, 21-inch fish. Uh, I think a 19 and a quarter took home big bass prize. Uh, so I don't personally care for braid. Plus, uh, where I was getting out casting with the whole whipping, you could send your reel into a frenzy and you bird nest it in a braid that, that'll shock load and it'll snap. Okay. Because uh, like a co-poly... Aramano is a, got that little stretch yeah. and a little yeah. more forgiving. Um, so line rod reel setups are similar to conventional, whereas you, for jigs you want a stiff rod, you want thick line, uh, you want a maybe a little fat. Well, it depends. If you're fishing wintertime, you want slow. If you're fishing summer, you want a little faster. Um, uh, crankbaits, you want a nice parabolic rod, treble hook baits, um, and mono. Uh, that's how I do it. Uh, I don't lose a lot of fish uh, in the right conditions with familiar baits. Uh, today, that flying B, that was a new bait to me. That was the first time I was set up to throw it and get bit. Um, it takes a, a 12 aught beast hook <laughs> and 
I could not for the life of me on the sitting there in the kayak with a pair of uh, Spro split ring pliers get that tip, get that hook point bent up like that. Wasn't happening. I was looking <laughs> for the bison like I come along to try and get that thing. <laughs> right, right. Um, but with familiar baits, uh, I've not lost, I've not, I don't lose a lot of fish with okay. fishing or a copoly like a, so I've been I've been playing around with lines uh, for years. I've used a trialing big game, uh, 15, 20, 25 uh, pound test. Uh, last year I played with Maxima Ultra Green, uh, the 18 and 25. Uh, I was throwing the eight inch uh, mag draft on the 18 and had weedless rig weedless and had zero issues throwing out that 12 or 11 aught BMC. Uh, that's what I caught my 23 incher on. Uh, it weighed nine and a half pounds. <laughs> uh, have a good scale when you catch fish. I had a crappy spring scale. It's just for me personally. It's not a freaking record. I don't need to fight nobody about it. I had a 22 <laughs> and three quarter that weighed 810 on a digital and a book of grip uh five years ago and it was about the same size fish but a little girthier in the tail and stuff uh, and it just on that spring scale it went between the nine and the ten i'm like nine and a half i'm good yep um so uh Lines keep it simple. You don't need to go out and buy a thirty-dollar spool of super extravagant floral carving. If you're now, if you're comfortable with floral carving, whatever red label, uh, any other manufacturer of fluoro, uh, just bump up in size. Uh, I use twenty-pound big game a lot. You can probably get away with a 25-pound uh, fluoro because uh, it will most likely be thinner than that 20-pound mono. Uh, and it's not going to hurt you to go a little overboard with the strength. Uh, we're, we're talking big rods, big hooks, uh, and hopefully big fish. Uh, I've caught dinks. Uh, <laughs> I had a 16-and-a-half on that 8-inch mag draft last year. Uh pretty sure it was a stunted growth fish it had the head of a 20 incher i mean <laughs> two liter bottle down the throat but it measured 16 and a half it was like the middle section of this fish forgot to grow out interesting uh, uh, i've had 15 inchers eat uh the river cs waiver 200 on table rock um, okay that's uh do i have one hand I was gonna say I, I have the one six eight that I don't have too many, but the one six eight is one size uh, I have of the S waiver. So, so the one sixty eight was my first uh, glide bait um, in two thousand. It was it was shortly. I think I bought it in winter of thirteen fourteen, and uh, threw it on a seven foot 
medium heavy ugly stick. I mean, this is before I got into good quality rods too. Uh, with a Walmart Abu Garcia CS fifty five hundred. Don't recommend that reel. The drag <laughs> it catches, it locks up. I lost a big striper mm. because of that. Okay. Um, there's there's a lot of decent aluminum framed reels on the market now that will hold plenty of 15, 17 pound mono copoly for the under two ounce stuff. Uh, so yeah, I was throwing that S waiver on an ugly stick and I caught a crap ton of fish with it. Uh, I cashed a thousand dollar check on table rock uh, during a, a KVD classic big bass tournament. Uh, what else? Uh, my buddy Kevin, KGB Swimbaits, he, the next year, he saw how many fish I'd caught. I think we I cashed two or three checks in that t- next year's tournament. But we fished two days, and he went home overnight, crafted himself something similar to an S waiver, fished the paint off of that the next day, and he finally landed a fish in the last hour. This fish smoked this bait with three feet uh a line left out of the rod he was like he was about to pull it out of the water and this fish smoked it so close wow. to the boat and uh flipped it in it was like a four and three quarter and we ran it in and he won that hour so uh the, the s waiver is fun uh i don't fish it with the stock hooks they're pretty gnarly uh, they're 3x strong hooks. They're personally they're very overkill. Okay. Uh, I mean, if you're fishing straight braid, have at it. Um, but I swap them out. I'm uh, playing with the Syncrate. Back going back to the Syncrate, I played with uh, the Gamagatsu uh, 2x round bend short shanks. Uh, the Gamagatsu bronze which are, I don't know, a pair of them might be a grain lighter. Uh, we're talking very small amount of weight, but it, it still it gets it to sink slower. Uh, okay. And then sometimes you take those 3X hooks off, put a, a shorter shank 2X hook on it, and now it's a floater. So that's where we go back to the storm suspense strips. You just slap the suspense strip on the belly, throw it in the water, and see what it does. Uh if it still floats or it doesn't sink fast enough, you, you add another strip. If you if you've gotten so far now it sinks too fast, you I I start cutting strips in quarters or halves. Okay. Get it right where I want it, uh, and that's with any of the glides. <clears throat> you can really fine tune them. I can. Oh yeah, like. yeah. Um, but then some of them like uh, this. KGB rip shad that come out this year, uh, they're just made to be fish fast. Uh, it's it's streamlined compared to his uh, regular Chad Chad with the width and the body, his belly a bunch of it on the belly's been shaved off, so it's been really streamlined to just cut 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 uh, and pause. Cut, 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 pause. Uh, mm-hmm. And most of the time, they'll hit it on pause. 
or right. rise it. Kind of like jerkbait fishing. They'll either hit on the pause or rise you rip it. Um, but there's a lot of crossover from conventional to uh, swim baits. Uh, like, I've, like I've mentioned, whenever I hear guys throwing jerk baits, I throw a glide. Whenever I hear guys start catching them on spinner baits, that's where I start picking up the like the mag draft uh, or just uh, any paddle tail, larger paddle tail, because th- that's the way I fish them. Uh, whether on a plane, beast hook. Let me see if I've got one handy. We've heard tackle uh, or tactical bass and mentioned that beast hook a lot. I mean, it's 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 pretty straightforward. I must have them all tied on. Ah, here's a boom boom. With just a, that's actually a, a 11 aught mustad. Uh, I found them. It was like a 10 pack for 10, 10 or eight, eight or ten dollars at the Bass Pro catalog store. Okay. I picked like two or three packs of them. Um, they're a good fit in that eight inch mag draft. It's what I used for years before BMC come out with this, uh, with that heavy duty. Uh, Willow blade. Okay. Uh, just because it fits the bait pretty well. Uh, the uh, beast hooks. I mean, there's a flashy swimmer. This is the Dream Smasher six inch. <laughs> that beast hook has a lot of drop to it. Uh, and it's nothing bad. But uh, it, look, it looks like on that bait you definitely need it because that's a pretty tall bait. So yeah, this is the baby brother to the one I threw this morning. There's oh, wow. <laughs> same length bait. So you can imagine this difference between an eight and six inch mag draft. Imagine the eight inch version of this thing it's it almost that (laughs) fine um but i do so i was throwing that on uh kevin had a bunch of rods made up years ago and this is his two to eight ounce rod um it's probably five years old now uh i don't know if you know but if you use a rod long enough it'll break in Okay. Yeah, they sometimes become limber than what they start out with. Interesting. I don't think I ever knew that, but I haven't yeah. really had rods long enough, I think, to to notice that. Let me get a drink real quick. I'm getting a little dry throat. Yeah, no worries, man. Oh. Uh, but I was throwing that flying V on that. It weighs four and a half ounces. So, I mean, it was right in the weight range. But I was folding that rod in half, like an <laughs> ugly commercial, trying to set the hook on them. Um, I have another rod from him that's 8 to 14 ounce rated. Wow. Actually the same blank, but double wrapped, and it made it double the stiffness. So I'm probably going to start throwing it on that just for the hook setting power. Um, just... For the premise that I don't like braid, I don't want to have to re-spool the rod or reel. 
the 65, 80 pound braid uh, for one single bait when I have no issues setting hooks on other plastics. Right. Uh, but yeah, you don't have to go all out. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep on track here. No, you're doing fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I, I, it's definitely interesting because I, I don't have a good rod yet. Um, like I would be the guy throwing the, the medium heavy ugly stick at this point. Cause it's the only rod I have that I know won't break when I cast. Yeah. Um, I, I still have an, uh, a big old ugly stick that I use when I used to, you know, catfish on the river. And it's probably the only rod I'd feel s- safe throwing uh, these guys on because uh, I really don't have that many upper end heavy rods yet. So I'm still building my arsenal. So I like so- hearing that. A lot of guys balk at $120, $175, $200 for a swim bait rod. Um, I can tell you the difference between, uh, say, the uh, Bass Pro has a musky power. I want to say it's a 7.9. Uh, I found one of those in the catalog store this last weekend. Picked it up and weighed a ton. It is a heavy rod. Uh, it probably weighs more than my eight to fourteen ounce rated combo with a lose three hundred super duty. Wow. Uh, I, I mean, w- with whatever reel you put on it, but it probably weighs more than that. I can throw almost three times as much weight as that one can. Um, I mean, that's what you're paying for is not not only the uh, better uh, components uh, that the rod's made out of, but the light weight of the whole combo saves your body. Uh, And with the proper equipment, you can cast it correctly. You can set the hooks. You can sink the hooks. That's what I'm working on with that new game. It's like, okay, now I'm failing in this department. I know what went wrong. Now I've got to change it up, stiffen it here or there to get this big 12 watt beast hook through this much plastic. And uh, so there's, uh, but on a smaller scale, I mean, you can most likely take that spro and that mag and throw it on the same rod. Uh, I would probably lean towards the stiffer end. Um, I had watched, uh, I signed up for Bass University uh, a couple weeks, uh, two months ago, uh, after appearing on their live with Oliver uh, Nye, Big Bass Dreams. And what was it? Gary Klein does a lot of flipping. And uh, I used to just cringe whenever someone recommended a flipping stick for treble hook baits. Uh, it was like, you're going to throw crankbaits on a jig rod. <laughs> uh, it's a little backwards. Uh, right. So I wa- was watching this uh, video with Gary Klein and he's describing the action of his, his newer 
flipping sticks. And he's talking like the, the top 40% of that rod has a pretty good parabolic bend to it. Hmm. And so that intrigued me. And, and uh, I forgot the name brand that he uses, but I mean, I, I guess flipping rods are changing nowadays to become a little more limber. I had a, a lose 7-Eleven American Hero flipping stick years ago that was rated three-quarter to six ounce. And I hated, absolutely hated throwing even two ounces on it because it did not load up at all. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what really, one, saves your body, and two, helps you cast baits. Uh, it's like a slingshot. Uh, like I said, you start back here and you get about halfway through that cast, that rod's fully loaded up and you're, it's, it's just a follow through after that. It's like fly. It's like casting a fly. Um, except the fly weighs six ounces. <laughs> um, that's, uh, and you point and shoot, load up, follow through, point and shoot. Uh, it does. I've I once fished 14 hours straight uh, for striper with crankdowns. Uh, I mean, seven inch crankbaits that Kevin made from his Chad Chad. It was actually a. It had a third, a second cut here, and it had a giant. I mean, like 10xd bill on it. <laughs> and, uh, it was about the beginning of that 14th hour. My wrist started locking up and I made a cast and I couldn't even, I had to just armpit lock on the rod and then just reel it in because <laughs> this, this hand it was absolutely useless. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. So it takes a lot to kill you unless you already have pre-existing conditions. Right. I was just going to say... I went for a striper trip uh, on the Susquehanna Flats one time, and uh, the the charter guide that we went with had us throwing some big. Uh, trying to think what it was, it was a big crankbait, I think, and I, that was only a six hour trip. And by the end of the trip, we went we went out to dinner uh, after the trip, and I remember sitting at the restaurant going to pick up my my drink, and just like ah, ha, ha. like I felt like my arm was gonna fall off. <laughs> and uh, and if you do tend to pursue this kind of stuff more and more, if you make enough trips on on a weekly, monthly basis, you condition yourself to it. it it's no different than going to the gym and working out. You start getting that muscle memory uh, and a little muscle strength, uh, and it, it gets it just gets easier. And uh, I've, I've watched that progression with not only myself, but a lot of guys. Cause I mean, I am really super comfortable throwing six and seven inch baits. Um, 
alongside my conventional stuff all the time. Um, I'm still working on applying the, I, and I'm talking 11 and 12 inch baits. They weigh nine and a, and 11 ounces. Uh, I've mainly got those for the stripers. Uh, we've had a couple of bad flood years, so I've not been able to pursue them that much uh, until late in the season. And once we do start catching them, uh, I have a four-year-old son and a wife that works graveyards, so it's hard for myself to get out. And when I do, I, I throw a, a six-inch bait to get a quick bite. Uh, and it also helps when I, when I take new people out there. Uh, I've got a good friend uh, that's always been busy in his, in his own life. He, he actually used to fish the FLW Tour for a couple of years. Uh, but he never got to pursue those striper with me. He went one time by himself and was just completely lost. Uh, I went down there. Uh, my friend Brennan, who beat me in the July online last year, he caught a 40 from the kayak. And just as he hooked into that, he was about a minute into the fight of that fish. My buddy hooked up to a fish. We were in his nitro. I, I mean, I was literally, I was, I was in the back of the boat. I was, I saw Brendan hook up. I turned around. I went to go, hey, Mike, how about we go help him out? And Mike <laughs> hooked up. And it's like, well, scratch that Never idea. <laughs> and uh, so I helped him land that in uh, 28 pounds. That was a new personal best for him. Um, and about 15 minutes later, uh, I caught a 14 and a half pounder. Wow. So it was just it was fun to get on the fish, uh, but there, that's why I have a lot of the bigger baits. Um, I've thrown them in my bass areas. I I, I don't want to say I've put hundreds of hours with them. Uh, I'll put them in areas where I've been bit on eight inch baits. Uh, I'll give it a few casts, uh, 12, 20 casts. Uh, in that area and if it don't get a whiff i'm putting it down uh i've only got the northern strain like you in my area uh i don't know if you know of the 15 pound massachusetts fish that is the unofficial northern strain world record okay uh it was like 50, it was a low 15 15 and 2 15 4 something like that uh, Missouri state record largemouth is at 13, 14. So we're already pretty high up there. Right. I made, I made a new year's resolution in 2001 that I was going to break the Missouri state record, <laughs> uh, before I even fished with a bunch of this big stuff. Uh, there is a body, a smaller body of water, a 30, 30 acre, I guess it'd be a pond, but 30 acres kind of a bigger pond. Uh, I had caught an eight pounder out of there. My brother had an eight and a half and we lost bigger out of it. Uh, in 2007, the property around it was bought and then privatized. So I have a body of water near me with 
giant fish that never seen a swim bait. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know no. that's, and you probably drive by it all the time, right? You know, <laughs> I can see it right through the trees in the winter time. <laughs> um, but this is this has been a blast fishing these swim baits. I mean, it shows you a lot of a lot of things with with fish positioning uh i mean one time on table rock i was fishing a bluff bank uh had a couple of conventional rods with me uh and i, I want to say it was 2014 because i had i just had got the uh, newly released uh s waiver 200 and uh so i fished this brush pile i came upon uh it, it was on a 45 degree bank the tip of it may have been in 10 foot of water. Threw a jig through it, nothing. Threw a spinner bait by it, nothing. Threw a jerk bait by it, nothing. Threw that S waiver 200 by it, and here come like five of these three, four pound fish out of this tree. Come look up at that eight inch bait. Hmm. Uh, so fish will show themselves. Uh, especially with the bigger baits. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it with the 168. Um, Smallmouth and spots, at least on Tabor Rock and, and uh, Bell Shoals, are notorious followers if they're not in an aggressive feeding mood. Um, the I want to say the 2015 season, I've probably seen upwards of 300 fish following that bait. Followers. Wow. Uh, I think at that time Kevin had made the a ten and a half inch glide, and I went to throwing that, and I would just wake it on the surface. Uh, in between April and it was either April or May, I had thirty strikes, thirty top water strikes on this bait, and zero hookups. Uh, the last straw was a an extremely large spotted bass. Its nose never left the water, but its whole body and tail come over the bait. And it hmm. was a, it had to have been a 21, 22 inch fish. Wow. That's, that's a giant spot. On the table. Oh, yeah. uh, and I just, I put it down after that. I'm like, I'm done with this. <laughs> so another problem I was going to mention with, Wake baits. I'll just break this guy out. I haven't. This is the Fish Lab uh, Bluegill Wake. The bill isn't as big as on that Strike King. I was having a lot of fish, uh, small fish, they'll headshot these baits. And when they do that on a build bait, the problem lies in the bill flipping the whole bait out of the way. Away they, from the hooks, right? They completely missed the hooks. Hmm. Uh, that was another bait that I, I ended up missing a lot of fish on, and and just put it down. Um, it just it's not fun when you're missing fish, right? <laughs> and right. Mean, um, uh, another new, and you don't have to get a giant in these swim baits. Uh, 
I mean, this is my go box that I'm playing with here. Is this the uh, Brian told me to ask you about the $1,500 swim bait box? Is this uh, the so, go box? <laughs> so I had a, I, I want to say I got this box from my mom. She found it at like a thrift store or something. I want to say it was like a Barbie doll dress up box. <laughs> it was, it's, it's plastic. It's gray, silvery, but it's like glitter. <laughs> I mean, shimmering glitter. <laughs> but it was neat. The the center opened up and then the sides folded out and there was compartments here. There was compartments in the sides and then the center area. And it held a lot. Um, I had it on my the bed rail of my truck, and I I may have I think I shut the door on the truck and rocked it a little bit. And that box fell right on the latch and completely busted the front end of that box out. So now I've got this. Uh, oh, I forgot what brand it is. I picked it up from Lowe's. Uh, it's a it's like those deep planos, uh, but much larger. Uh, I've actually got my truck bone mount sucked to the lid okay but um there's about that much here oh i do have that other box Hang in there, folks. He's almost back. That is the 11-inch KGB King. Wow. There's the 9-inch Legend. Yeah, it's a bit taller. <laughs> and... That's the check, the seven inch check. <laughs> uh, Kevin won. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. What was it? Third overall in the 18 Big Bass Bash on Lake the Ozarks uh, with a six-pound fish caught on that bay. Uh, wow. I think that was the year, maybe 19. Uh, was, and then the next year, Oliver went and won that same tournament on the ice slide uh two, 232 i'm mixing it up with his 262 uh 232 is defiance uh, and then oh i didn't get to fish it this last fall uh a bunch of other members of the kgb crew got to and uh Cole Anderson took it home. 
the hundred thousand dollars for the KGB legend. Uh, Brennan, he was his uh, co-angler, net man. Uh, Brennan also won an hour or second place. No, he won an hour with the legend, and then Kevin himself got a second place in an hour. Uh, and then I fished the big bass on Tib Rock. We cashed a few more checks. I think 2020, uh, just on KGB swim baits, we racked in uh, close to $125,000. Wow. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, if you have the confidence that you can throw that bait and fill out a limit with huge fish, I mean, it's you're obviously going to start, you know, pacing the field. Uh, you know, and as long as you have the confidence in doing that, I mean, heck, those are kind of that's the 12 inch savage gear line through. Okay, that's the 10 inch, the new 10 inch pulse tail. It's got the vortex style tail. Okay, uh, and then that's a, a Matt Lures dead twitch and jacked up trout. That's a you just fish that one slow. Throw it out over a spot. You give it about five seconds, you twitch it. Give it about hmm. another five seconds, you twitch it. Uh, Interesting. Uh, so, boot tail versus vortex tail. Okay. I don't think I've ever seen the vortex tail before. Uh, so, the Dream Smashers, they're the same okay. way. Gotcha. They wiggle straight back and forth. Whereas those boot tails do that oscillating figure eight. Okay. Um, a lot of guys will say use these only in cold, the, the, the Vortex in cold water. Um, Brennan absolutely slayed on a, a trout bait called the head hunter or hog hunter. Hog hunter. Uh, it, it looks similar to this. It's a jig hook style bait. It's got the molded in head. Um, fishing it. He took so much weight out of it. He made it almost a floater and just fished it slow on a surf or a little medium speed retrieve near okay. the surface. Okay. I watched it on 4th of July. It's freaking 88 degrees outside, and I saw this 7-pounder come 10 feet out from under a dock and nailed this 10-inch bait. Huh. <laughs> uh, and I don't... There, I, and I read it all the time on, on the forums. I live in Minnesota. I live in Indiana. We're lucky to come across a five pounder um, sure you have a shorter growing season but once you start throwing these baits you're going to see a lot more of those four and five pounders uh, my average of catching four plus pound fish went up substantially throwing six inch two ounce plus baits um, you in a, in, a, in a bass's life, their appetites uh, change 
with their size. Uh, when they're little, under, say, 17 inches, they're frisky. They'll run around. They'll chase them three-inch shad all day. Uh, as they get 20-plus, they'll get a little lazier. They're smarter. They know where bigger prey are. Um, other than oh, stocked reservoirs, like out in Southern California, desert areas where they literally only have, they may have bluegill. Uh, that if they're lucky, shad have washed in from whatever river that the lake's fed from. Uh, in my area, we have a buffet. We have threadfin shad, gizzard shad, rainbow trout, crappie, bluegill, uh, long-eared sunfish, uh, Northern hog suckers, creek chubs. Uh, I mean, it goes on and on for prey items. Uh, so they can be constantly, if they get anywhere near hungry, they know where they can go and get a, a snack. And that snack might be an eight inch sucker or a five inch crop. Uh, they're not going to want to run around and chase them little thread finishing. Uh It's been a while. Uh, I mean, I think it was three or four years ago I caught like an 18 and a half inch fish on a crappie jig. Uh, but I don't lose <laughs> a lot. Right. Uh, that And that was wild crappie fishing. <laughs> uh, other than that, that's why I still kind of stick with jigs because there's, there's not really a swim bait for crawdads. Uh, Dead Horse Customs, they make giant, like, 8-inch crawdads. <laughs> it's, it's, I wouldn't say beaver style, but, like, the, have you ever seen the Tackle HD craws? Uh, or the Madman craws? It's, 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 like, a really rough version of that. Interesting. Uh, I don't know. I really haven't seen a lot of catches on them. Okay. Uh, I've seen six, seven, eight, nine inch long crawdads in my area. Okay. Them, them fish are probably okay with sucking a four or five inch craw up. Uh, that's that's pretty much what I caught that one other nine on last year. Was a was it's a three eighths ounce jig with a four inch. Uh, Berkeley fatty crawl. So a little larger, but again, larger profile, whereas other guys might be throwing three inches. Uh, right. But it is just, it all stemmed back to a, a little kayak tournament. I couldn't upgrade fish worth of the loop. And I went to a bigger size bait. I started catching bigger fish. Uh, most of the times of the year, uh, my best swim bait bites are pre-spawn, post-spawn, and in the fall for the winter feed up. Uh, especially when those bigger gizzard shad do get on the move from like the creeks back out to the main lake when there's deeper water. Uh, I followed that pattern uh, on like on Table Rock. In the fall, once the water temp gets below 60 degrees, I 
pretty much stick to anywhere near main channel, bluff banks, quick access to deep water. Uh, and I've got, oh, probably six areas that I can go to in the wintertime and throw a glider or a floater, and I can catch a limit sitting there. Wow. Uh, it's just, and it, some can experience instant gratification with these baits. I know a lot of guys have gotten lucky first time, second trip out. They catch a big one or they catch a lot of them, like decent fish. They catch a bunch of like high twos, threes, maybe a, a, a handful of fours and trip on a six. Um, but to have really regular areas, knowledge, experience, it's going to take a while. Uh, I probably had, I had a year under my belt on that S waiver 200 before I caught my eight pounder on it on table rock. Uh, and it's funny. I, I caught that fish. I, I retired that bait soon after that because the tail blew out of it. The, the actual hard plastic, not the tail section. <laughs> so the old ones were, if you look at the tail section on that bait, there's an aluminum pin that holds that soft PVC tail in. The old ones were a double toothpick. And so was this uh, 200. And it was right there. The toothpick holes is where that back half of that bait broke off. Hmm. Uh, I epoxied it one time and then it, I, I lost that piece. And then I just retired the bait and bought a new one. Uh, and I've, I've fished the new one in recent years, but ever since, uh, I got my nine inch, this, uh, this is now the OG, uh, legend. He come out with a newer one. that's a smoother profile. Okay. Oh yeah. You can see the difference there. Uh, but I got this in. 17 and uh this is why i throw more often than than the s waiver 200 uh i've just gotten really comfortable now i mean even after four or five years uh i got comfortable now i mean we're talking two years now throwing these nine and and, and eight inch baits uh because they started getting bit and I stuck with them and the, the more you throw them, the, the more areas it, and you got to pay attention to, uh, I mean, there's some factors that play into a bite, whether it be, Oh, a couple of days after a storm or right there before a storm. Oh my gosh. Especially in the fall time, as a storm is rolling in, they put on a feed bag and go in a frenzy. Uh, I remember one time on Tabor, I caught like 18 fish in, in 30 minutes. I mean, as fast as I could get a bait back in there. And in that time, the air temp dropped like 25 degrees. I got lost feeling in the back of my hand. <laughs> uh, and I left them biting. Um, it's just it's stuff like that. You got certain weather factors. Uh, and the, the jury's still out on some moon phase stuff. Uh, last year, I thought it had to be a new moon. Uh, but 
this week were in a full moon and I had a, a fairly good bite this morning. I just, I, I blew my opportunities and then I went on to some decent jig fish. Um, my striper pattern, which I'm, I won't give out a few uh, details on that, but it took me a year to connect all the dots and uh, come to find out uh, due to a lot of factors, these fish were making a false spawn run all season. Huh. So, uh, I've got a 70-80% success rate on catching a, a, a decent fish, if not a giant fish, if not multiple fish. Uh, so, I can, I can almost plan out my fishing days a month in advance with the wife and go she's got weekends off so if that full or new moon falls on the on the weekend and like the 100 or zero percent like i want that day i want this day give me a couple hours here and there because i mean last year in march uh when i went out that second day to try and call my bottom fish i was already sitting in the lead uh but second place was like two inches behind me and he had like a 15 or 16 something inch fish to call uh so he could leapfrog me pretty quick uh i caught i called my bottom three in, in 25 minutes i literally i went out for an hour and then went right back home <laughs> wow it must be nice to be able to schedule that just like ah i'm gonna go out i know i'm gonna get him. <laughs> but that's the spot I've been working on. This is the fifth year. So the last four years. Uh, and it was a chatterbait bite that turned me on to it. Uh, I went out with a buddy uh, after a hard, heavy rain. Uh, he fished some clear water, and I was fishing the dirty water with a black and blue uh, chatterbait. And I threw up on this spot. Got a five twelve, and it was twenty and a half inches big football. Uh, took some pictures and whatnot. He paddled on in, uh, made a cast in the same spot. Nothing. Adjusted the cast a little bit to the left. Five it hooked up. It was a five two. So in three casts, I had two over five. Um, but in that moment. I reflected upon the conditions, what time of year it was. Uh, I think that was my old kayak. I still have it. I started fishing at it again. I gave it to my brother and he gave it back. Uh, I don't think I had a graph on it that, at that time. But in the last couple of years, I started paying attention to the water temp too. Um, which I fished that area more and more. So I've seen it in the springtime when that water starts to climb, um, as soon as that hits that certain mark, I'm like, yep, gotta go over here, make this cast. Um, it just, it takes, it takes some experience. That, I mean, we, if you do get into these, don't get discouraged that, that those first five, six, seven, eight, 20 trips out, uh, you're just not, it's not that the fish aren't there. You are, you're not, you may not be applying them correctly. Okay. Uh, 
And as you, I guess, as you do it and as you get followers and, and you, you start seeing, you know, that you're starting to work it the right way or put it in the right place. I mean, that, that's got to help you, you know, clue you into the fact that you're getting closer to where you need to be. Right. Yeah. Um, and casting angles, you'll, especially I like me personally with, with Tabor rock, uh, there's some standing timber left. I mean, the lake's 70 years old now, so a lot of the tops are gone. I don't think trees, but there's still some of the stuff under the water. But it's a lot of rock, uh, a lot of big chunk rock, ledge rock. Uh, I try to – I fish pretty much, I want to say 12 foot or less. Okay. Uh, most of the time we've got – typically 10 to 20 foot visibility so i fish shallow i fish shallow a lot of the times and okay what i try to do is i try to parallel these banks and i try to know my areas especially if there's like a big boulder here or a big boulder there or there it's a bunch of them strewn out the area you want to try and create ambush points uh where a fish, it may be following that, but it that fish sees that boulder up ahead, and you're fishing that bait right by that boulder, it can come and pin it. Uh, or like in weed lines, you fish parallel to the weed lines, and the fish may be hanging on those, or they may have their nose stuck out of it. They know they can come around and try and pin that bait. Or that's why I like fishing a lot of floaters. Uh, Crayfish, trout, when they're on the surface, they can't go any further up. The surface is as hard as the bottom. Right. So fish can eat them on top. Same with dragging a bait on the bottom. They can pit to the bottom. <coughs> one of, one uh, of our uh, other guests just recently clued me into that fact that uh, when you when you think about the, the surface, it is – just like you said, it is another bottom, you know, basically. And it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because uh, fish can't swim in air. Right. They flip a little bit. A little bit, but uh, yeah, they they definitely have a, a finite amount of space they can go. Retraction. <laughs> and I mean, same with uh, docks and seawalls and riprap. Uh, all that same you, you try to create an ambush point with them. Um, I, I tend to do a lot of fishing, uh, setting up the kayak in the shallows, casting out deep. Because that's another thing is you're fishing uphill. You're creating that funnel. Right. Because uh, I, I saw it on Table Rock uh, at our fall championship. Um, I was throwing... A spook and uh, one knocker. Those fly really far. <laughs> I had literally just ripped off the full dumper, the complete opposite direction. And behind me, I hear like six toilet bowls flushing. <laughs> I mean, it's a, a school of bass pushing these six and seven inch gizzard chat up on the bank. Wow. 
and I'm like, <sighs> like I should have a four drill, like <laughs> back in and whipped it back behind me. I had a, had a seventeen and three quarter, and then whipped it back in. I got the photo of that fish, threw it over, picked up the rod, made another cast, had a an easy twenty plus. Uh, but it gave it was it had one rear hook in it, gave me a good hook shake and it straightened the hook out. Uh, night before this is the second day of that tournament. Uh, I had just thrown some chinky tacky hooks. I'm like I picked the pair of trebles up. I'm like yep they're pretty they're damn sharp. Threw them on there. <laughs> Didn't even think of hooking into a four or five pound fish that might give me a good head shake at the boat and just straighten the hook out. Yeah. Uh, a lot, some of these baits come with, oh, less than desirable hardware on them. Uh, Kevin loads up all his baits with owner ST 41s. They're the, the one X strong trebles. Uh, they're okay. razor sharp. They'll penetrate bone. Uh, as long as you've got your setup right, you shouldn't have any issues straightening them out. Uh, same deal with the, the Gamagatsu bronze. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep, yep. I personally haven't had any issues with them. Uh, I like throwing them in the winter when the fish are a little less rowdy. Uh, right Right now, I'm going 2x strong on everything because the fish are in hyperdrive. Uh, right. One of the jig fish I caught today did double back lift. Uh, I had it hooked through the nose, so it wasn't going to shake the jig, but it's pretty amazing to see almost 20 inch fish just cartwheeling in the air. Uh, so now, instead of a 3h jig, Attach two, four, six ounces on the end of that hook, right? And you just got them good. Uh, you, you might spin that hook out and lose that fish. Uh, right. Now, everyone seems to make a good hook, uh, unless it's an absolute just wish app brand, nobody makes. Uh, a terrible hook. I've used Mustad, BMC, Owner, uh, Gamagatsu. Uh, haven't tried Trocar just because no one around really stocks them, and I've not really had any uh, desire to order them offline. Mm -hmm. uh, I've always flown with Beast Hooks because uh, that's what was readily available, and, and they were easy to get. And they're, those are just beefy hooks for soft plastics. Right. Uh, with the Gamagatsus, uh, the 2X, uh, either the 2, the 1, the one aught, the 2 aught size treble hooks, either long or short shank. Um, sometimes a, a preference on a long versus short shank, if you got a lot of swipers or – like on a build bait, it's got an oversized bill. You'll want that long shank. Um, if you're around a lot of cover, 
Uh, I like the short shanks. It keeps the hooks tighter up against the body. Uh, and then another, sometimes with the hook positioning, you got the two tines where the eye has got the two tines facing down. Right. Uh, 2015 Big Bass Bash, we were throwing the first gen Chad Chad uh, and missing fish left and right. Uh, if it was four pounds plus, we lost them. And if it was three and under, we could land them. We, for the life of us, we couldn't figure it out until the end of the second day. Literally, all we did is we, because everyone likes to tuck the hooks all night and have that one single treble hanging out. We were missing them because of that. We All we did was we rotated the hooks and we landed mm -hmm. the one. I think I think we ended up winning, uh, landing a four, but it was like after lines in, like after last cast. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. And, like, we just we pulled our hair out, so we took turns kicking each other in the nuts. I mean, <laughs> why did you do that? I don't we went home with our tails tucked between our legs. We didn't get nothing that. That was our first year fishing that tournament. Uh come back pretty strong since then uh well, it's interesting because you know uh, to to think enough that well hey this is made this way and if you put it on any other way than the way it sits flush you're thinking oh i put that on wrong but that that's exactly what needed to happen yeah because it, it just it made them hook set out a little further on the retrieve instead of right. always end up. up next to the body so it was getting some of them swipers uh, that weren't really eating the bait good. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's, it's interesting, I guess. Uh, the, the other one that the other cheap uh, swim bait I have, I forget where I even got it. It was like a AliExpress special, and this one actually has a magnet in the stomach that uh, pulls up that hook onto the belly. That's so, a Mega Bass I Slide 135 uh, knockoff. Okay. That's so, that, that's one you put like a jerk bait. Okay. You do rip. So that's another thing is playing with your baits, knowing what they do. Uh, I occasionally see guys post on the forums uh, a certain bait that maybe kind of specialized uh they don't know how to use it and just this ain't doing what i thought it was gonna do flip it well how many times did you take it out oh i made three casts with it <laughs> you're not gonna learn nothing in three casts uh, i said i i played with these baits in every time of the year from 90 degree water temp to 30 high 30s and so I know what most of these baits will do 
uh, kind of like these Mega Bass Mag Drafts. They are absolute crap uh, in 45 degree water or less. It just the the cold makes the soft plastic so hard or, or firmer. Right. It, it doesn't. It won't swim at a slow pace. You absolutely have to burn it to get it to wiggle the same that it would at a slower speed at a warmer spot. Uh, my my first S waiver two hundred when I swapped the hooks out because it had those big gnarly three X gaffs on it. Uh, it turned into a floater. Uh, I had to put I think I put two and a half suspense strips on it, and it was a perfect little. Hmm. Good. I think it was half a foot a second was where I I got it dialed in at, and. Uh, so I could sit there. If I wanted to fish 10 foot of water, I was counting the 20. That's another thing that people don't understand about most glides, that they are a countdown. Uh, I had a buddy recently. Uh, he got into the glides last fall and asked me, he's like, are these supposed to dive? He's like, whenever I retrieve these, they stay on the surface. I go, are you letting them sink? <laughs> No. Well, you, you count it down to the uh, water level you want to fish. Um, now, like with the super tunes that I was talking about that are floaters that are nose down, again, you got to play with it. Uh, like with crankbaits, it will dive to just for rough estimate say 10 foot on 15 pound test uh seven and a half on 20 five on 25 uh different line diameters will make it do different things uh you just get you've got to know your baits in and out right uh we had uh this time uh in june last year uh kevin released the crappie That's a pretty bait. Seven inch. Uh, oh, it's like three and a quarter, three and a half ounce. Um, it has a much taller profile over the Chad Chad. So it's not good at high speed. The Chad Chad, you can about burn the crap out of it. It won't blow out and you can blow it. But that crappie, a lot of guys got real excited and they bought them up. And I, I think uh, I saw one flipped less than a week after the first sale um, because it didn't do what they thought it was going to do. It's a, it's a slow, what they call a cover glide. Is long. Uh, I put little uh, reflective strips okay. on top of mine so I can track them. And I can literally walk these through laydowns. Wow. Uh, it's kind of like fishing a spook, but underwater. Uh, and there again, a lot of guys get trapped in, there's that straight retrieve, like with a spook. If you didn't know it, you might know it now. 
you can jerk real hard one time to get it go to the left and soft one, soft short one. Get the nose turned a little bit to the right, big hard on the left. And you can actually walk that bait one you way. Can drive it. Interesting. And uh, that's how some guys will fish the wing walls or the trout, or the, the docks. Uh, they'll throw it along that dock and they'll make that bait slam into the floats. Hmm. Uh, or you can work a glide if, if you're confident that there's no cables to hang up on <laughs> under the docks. You can work that glide under that float. Interesting. Um, just and it's, most of the time, um, it's all in the reel. You you just point the rod at the bait. You don't move the rod. Uh, it's all in the reel. Uh, One eighty reel pops, and you can okay. get that bait to snap with the pops. Uh, you can do a fluid turn, but I add a little, it's like a little pump, just a little, uh, 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 and it helps, especially with the slightly bigger baits, it, it'll get that nose turned for the big wide glides. And if you're wanting to really shoot them out, you do that little pump and you're giving the rod a little bit. You're throwing okay. the slack back in it because it's as it, it lets it take out, that wide taking slack. And uh, I got I got so tuned in with that S waiver two hundred, I could watch my line hop. It would literally hop like this, right there where it come out of the water mm -hmm. when I knew I was at the right real speed. Interesting. And that's when I got bit the most. Was right there. When I was watching that line. And what's fun is whatever direction that line hops, that bait's going the opposite. Right. So you, you kind of, without seeing it, you kind of know where that bait's going. It's little stuff like that you pay attention to. Uh, it, and it makes, it's been extremely interesting. Uh, Going on nine years. I was going to say, it makes me realize how much I have yet to learn, but it's definitely, you know, hearing you say that is definitely something now that I'll think about as I'm retrieving and, and watching that. Yeah. And I throw, I throw 15 pound big game uh, with the, the S waiver uh, 168 or the, the Spro, the six inch pros um, or like that fish lab gill. Um, I mean, there was a kid in Texas that just landed a 15 pounder on like six pound test. So, wow. Most of those baits are 20 bucks. It, unless if you're going to go broke spending 20 bucks, then you don't need to. It's this ain't the game for you. <laughs> uh, there's some budget stuff that you can smidge on, but. I mean, you can find a used. Uh, a lot of guys say the uh, oh, the Shimano. Uh, it's a lower end round reel that you can find on Tackle Warehouse for like eighty bucks. Uh, it was like Paul Bailey or uh, Matt Newman, Irod. 
that's that's all they use. That's all they've used for 20 years. Um, and they've caught some gnarly fish on them. Uh, but some guys like the low-profile reels. And there's the uh, new Corrado 300. There's the Tranks. There's the uh, tat, uh, so Dio Alexa. Uh, I think there's a Tatula 300. Uh, I'm a lose guy. I like my Super Duties. Uh, my Super Duty Wide School. Uh, my Super Duty 300. Uh, fun fact. The wide spool has the same line capacity as the 300. The 300 just has beefier guts. Okay. Interesting. So you can, if you're throwing lighter baits, like four ounces and under, you can, you can get away with the smaller profile wide spool. Um, but the thing is, they're the same price. They're both 200 bucks. Uh, I actually bought my uh, Super Duty 300 um, for 158 brand new uh, from a, a, an outside retailer. Uh, but another... Uh, so, there's plenty of options for reels. There's hardly a bad one. It's just whatever fits in your budget. Um, if you're sticking with, say, three and a half ounce and under baits, you may be able to get away with a standard uh, 150 size reel as long. There's a lot of guys. I see it on my lose group. I got 62, 63,000 members on my lose group. And occasionally I'll see a, a Roman made seven inch negotiator come across and they throw out, oh, I throw this on my Mach 2. Um, I think that's an aluminum framed reel. I can't remember. Lose Mach 2? Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't quite have the guts of a Super Duty with the bigger brass gears and the, and the pinion support bearing uh, and the ear like 14 versus 20 pounds of drag. Um, you can blow through the drag real quick. Uh, swinging, swinging on this stuff. Uh, but I've seen other guys throw them on, on the cheaper uh, graphite frame reels. Luz does have a GX3, Super Duty GX3. It's similar to the 300 speed spool, uh, but it's graphite frame. It doesn't have the external uh, magnetic cast control. Okay. Uh, and the bearing count, I, I think it still has the P2 pinion bearing in it. It just doesn't have the four extra or so in the handles and stuff. <coughs> I've got guys, I know guys using it, and so far they're having uh, good success with it, no issue. Okay. Um, it's just, you don't buy a Honda Civic to haul your fifth wheel. It's yeah. uh there's it's the really right tool for the job. Right. Yeah. Uh, so you want the appropriate right. Uh, like you said, just if you're gonna get into this, you know, it it is a, a conscious decision. It's not gonna be something you probably dabble in very much because you're either in or you're out at that point. Um Occasionally, like so, 
the last since 2015, I still played with a lot of my conventional stuff because I, I, uh, I helped found the Moyak uh, tournament series in 2015. So I, I fished hell. Uh, I fished uh, the first 18 tournaments that we held in the first two and a half years. It was, is uh, close to my son's first birthday. Something happened with a sitter or something. I had to miss Bull Shoals tournament. That was the first tournament I had missed in the two and a half years uh, since we created the series. But so I held on to still fishing a bunch of conventional stuff. But I know some guys, they've sold off their conventional stuff. And that's strictly all they do. Absolutely throw nothing but swim bait and big swim baits. Uh, I mean, if you don't. If you don't have or want to put in the time to fish tournaments, like not that you can't catch five in a day and have a, an actually incredible decent bag. Uh, Brennan and buddy Joseph won a five fish tournament on Table Rock back in August, thrown Chad Chad, and I think they won. Yeah, I think they won with four fish. No, they had five. Okay. Big bass. They had a six, six something pound big bass. And I want to say they had a four or five pound lead over second place. Wow. That's the, all the bites they got. All yeah. day. They had like, I think they had six bites and they landed five of them. That, uh, that, that, that's the way you do it, though. I mean, that's the point of that. They have time with the baits. They know where to put them. They have spots. Right. They it's... have casting angles. They have the equipment. Uh, there was a big rush to buy those Chad Chads uh, right after they won that tournament. And then there was an insane demand for those Nine Inch Legends after they won the Big Bass Bash. <laughs> <laughs> so... It's funny how that happens. Business is booming. That's that's awesome. But uh, keep it simple. Uh, there's a lot of guys that go out and buy twenty different things. They will buy junk off at Amazon, and uh, they might throw it. It might fall apart, um, or it just it sinks too fast. It doesn't swim. There's spend decent money on good baits, mega bass, spro. Uh, you can get in on the, the, like the working class zero or burrito baits or dream smasher, or there's a few uh, custom builders uh, especially the soft plastic guys, they're uh, uh, the 50 and under category. Uh, I say that that's without shipping. I paid $25 <laughs> last year for a pair of six inch working class zero citizens. Uh, Brennan was on a hot bite with them, so I bought myself a set. And uh, first time I threw it in water, I'm, I wasn't impressed. It did the same thing. Uh, for me, as the Magdraft freestyle, the the unrigged did 
Uh, so I actually, I sold them back off. Uh, and kind of same deal with this big dream smasher flying V. Uh, if I can't manage to land a damn fish on it in the next month and a half, I'm probably going to sell it. <laughs> um, well, I mean, you, you have your base that you know that you have confidence in. So if you're struggling with one, you you know. The C word. <laughs> Good C word. <laughs> the one you're allowed to say, right? one you're allowed to say. <laughs> confidence. There's a lot of guys that will go swinging without confidence. And if you go onto the water with with the mentality that you're already not going to catch anything, you're probably not going to do that. Uh, if you go out with an open mind, with a fresh bait, uh, and observe what's going on throughout the day, throughout the time you fish that bait. And I mean, if it works out great and you catch some fish, pay attention write it down, make notes. Uh, like I said, weather conditions, water clarity, what structure, water temp, because that can play into a repetitive pattern. Um, and especially like with, and that carries over from conventional map reading. If you catch, if you go through a stretch of bank and you've caught six fish on this swim bank, you can probably go to a topo map and pick out another spot that's facing the same northern direction or whichever direction, run over there, and probably catch fish there too. Uh, that might be just a pattern fishing that's really, really common here in the Ozarks. Because uh, uh, if you fish one bank on Table Rock, a certain one certain bank, and you catch a bunch of fish, you can pick out five or six, seven, eight spots on the map and make a milk run and catch fish off of every single spot. Right. The same dang thing, not change color. <coughs> and uh, so that, that might be the, the Ozark pattern fisherman and me. I don't know much mm -hmm. of how it everywhere else. Uh, I can kind of say it was like that in California. Uh, I fished, uh, I was in Riverside, California. For four years, uh, three and a half years, uh, I fished Paris, Diamond Valley Lake, and Lake Skinner with Diamond Valley being my main grind. Um, whenever it was windy, I knew I could throw a buzzbait. Uh, in the wintertime, there was this one cove point area. I know I could throw a spoon all the way at the end of it and let it flutter down and before it hit the bottom a four five six pound fish would pick it up it's just throughout the years you fish you'll pick up on certain patterns uh i'm kind of i'm just gonna fish for fun this year uh i fished a handful of tournaments with the moyak last uh, last year just enough to get me qualified for the championship uh First day of the championship, I threw the nine-inch slide, saw fish, uh, lost a couple of fish. Uh, the wind kicked our butt. Uh, we actually had, like, sustained 25-mile-an-hour winds with almost 40-mile-an-hour gusts. 
it was actually three bass boat tournaments that canceled that day. Oh, wow. We just went out and fished in our little plastic boats. <laughs> uh, but it was the next day I went out and I actually worked my area backwards. Because <clears throat> in pre-fishing that area, it's a big giant cove. I was going the opposite way than what I fished on tournament day. Okay. And, um, so uh, that second day, I, I reversed the the fishing pattern and first cast caught fish and uh, made another cast after catching that fish over the piece of timber. Didn't get another bite. Made a third cast. Didn't get a bite. Mental note. I had three other areas. I mean, right there. Had three other pods of trees. I went to the next pot of trees, made a cast into it, caught a fish. Made another cast, nothing. Right there, that confirmed that I could bunny hop these trees. Every other tree, yeah. And let catch one fish off of it, let it rest, move on. That's what I'm talking about. Paying attention to the little things. Because I could have oh, I caught two fish off this lay down and I pounded it all day and completely ignored the other ones. But I, I think I had 15 fish throughout the day and I I ended up having biggest limit, biggest one-day limit of the tournament. And uh, it didn't matter. I turned in one fish on day one. <laughs> <laughs> I got two hourly big basses. Uh, on that second day, so that was four, that was eighty bucks back in my pocket. Yeah, uh, but uh, like on these weedless baits, some little details. So I cast sixteen or seventeen. Flashy swimmers have been out for a while. Uh, sixteen, seventeen, they came out with the. The flashy swimmer with the gold Colorado blade. And everyone freaked out about it. I'm like, you realize there's a split ring. So you could have made that yourself. <laughs> Just bring in the juice here, guys. Get ready. <laughs> so... I in the six years of fishing Moyak, I've not won a live tournament. I've came close a lot of times. My closest margin of loss to first place was a half inch, and that was that was on Taney Como. And uh, I had had uh, this is before I started laying my net across the deck uh, on the head of the uh, measuring board to catch the floppers. Yep. Uh, so I had changed out the blade on the splashy swimmer. This is a uh, oh the advantage spinner baits numbers. I think it's a three point five in chartreuse. It's got the metal edged blade. Okay. The Kai Tech four point eight in uh, IU color. I think that's a five odd. I was buzzing that over weed beds, and the fish were coming out of them, just exploding on it. So I'd already caught an eight, one 18-inch fish, caught a second one. It flopped off the board. 
But I mean, right as my fingers coming down, take picture. Uh, Gone. That's, yep. I'm like, okay, I've, I've caught two. Surely, I, I, there's more to be caught. I, I did catch another. Oh, I think it was like a, a 17, three quarter, 18, even. Uh, and fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So at the end of the day, that, that lost 18 would have given me like two, three extra inches on my limit. Yeah, plenty to take it. But, uh, yeah, that's you, there's all kinds of little tweaks. You don't have to wait for the, the manufacturer of whatever hardware. You can do it yourself. <laughs> right. Well, like, just like you were saying with the weight strips and everything, too. I mean, don't be afraid to experiment and make the bait do what you want it to do. Yeah, see, it's not like the old days with the jerk baits where you had to get in there with a drill and and melt lead into the holes to get your jerk bases to suspend and um and there's a plethora of hooks to play with to adjust sink rates and strengths and stuff to match your uh, rod and reel combo uh and Starting out, you, you keep retrieves simple. Uh, just kind of pay attention to your casting angles. Try to create those ambush points. And most of the time, like that S-Waver 168, I got bit like 95% of the time on a slow and steady retrieve. I mean, just you kick that real handle once to get that bait going out to the side and just, just enough to where it's meandering. Right. And forward. And as long as you create that ambush point, you can probably get a fish to eat. Uh, converting followers, I'm not being really good at. <laughs> tried the 180s. I've tried the 360s. Just a sudden stop, you know? Yeah, don't stop because that's the bell. Okay. Unless you're already doing the stop rip stop rip stop rip um no if you're doing the slow and steady and you stop they might come up to it and go nope and just <laughs> bail off now if there's a bunch of them sometimes you can create a frenzy because i've got them one i can remember one time i saw like 10 12 15 fish come over this ledge after the S waiver 200 and they followed it right up to the bank. One, one little dink smallmouth come up, bit the tail of that bait, got a little skin hook. I set the hook, missed him. That bait come out and I swung it around and did an underhand cast. I mean, all in one smooth motion, bait flying out of the water, swinging around my head, <laughs> back out. Hit the hit the reel, 
and uh, got it back ahead out on the outside of those fish and got a four and a half pound largemouth to eat it. Wow. Have you had any doubles? Actually, no. Um, okay. Uh, I've had, I had a, a jerkbait double a couple of years ago. It was like <laughs> an eight inch fish, but uh, not, not any, not any real big doubles. Uh, so what was that? 2002 when I still had access to that 30 acre pond, mm-hmm. uh, I got into throwing the bigger three hook, uh, red fin wake bait. I think it's, okay. I still have it. Uh, the bill broke off of it. I had a double on it. I want to say the one on the back hook was a nine. And cause my brother wrestled it between his legs when it broke my line right on the back. <laughs> Uh, but it, that fish hit and it went down and as I'm fighting it, it was, it got weird and, and heavier. And I was like, what's, what the hell's going on? And, I, you know, <laughs> back up, and it comes up and there's like a four or five on a lead hook and it shook off. Uh, that's about the only time I've had a, a real, real, real double. Okay. Uh, most of the time, those fish want to themselves. Right that's, where, right. that's where you get them aggressive fish that absolutely will choke a bait. I've got uh, pictures, uh, baits where this is all you see sticking out of the fish's throat. They've swallowed half that tail on that first bite. Right. Uh, and you just. Give me that back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And there's a lot of guys, they go, oh, that that trout swim bait, it's so big, it's so big. No, it's not that big. Right. This is like the mouth of a two and a half pounder. It can eat this whole thing. Yep. <laughs> they will eat two thirds of their body length. Uh, I've caught 15 inch fish on eight inch baits. Uh, I caught a 10 pound walleye years ago. It was 29 and a half inches. It had two 10 inch rainbows in its gut. Oh my God. Wow. That's crazy. Inch bait it ate that I was throwing. Yeah, that's They're amazing glutton. that they can do that. They are gluttons. They will when they have the opportunity to eat, they're going to eat until they're absolutely stuffed. Right. So right. don't let the size intimidate you. Uh, and this is just the eight-inch savage here. Uh, here's the six-inch line through compared to the eight. Uh, that's another, that's another good company, actually. I didn't, I had mentioned Saft Gear. I've I've taken a look at their stuff. They really go for the lifelike uh, stuff with theirs too. I, I've I've seen and just the base that I've thrown that Savage Gear. So yeah, that and that's another decent uh, 
they're coming out with a lot of pulse tails. They have a new bluegill jig hook that looks great, and it comes in a weedless model. Uh, Tactical Bassins talked about them, mm-hmm. and I'm growing fond of them. And they've got a, I think it's a seven-inch shad. Uh, weed, I believe it's weedless or top top hook line through. Okay. Like uh, and then they have their glides, and there's I've not thrown them swimmers. I've thrown their glides, uh, and they're fairly decent. But I mean, once I got the Chad Shads, I had no uh, room in my arsenal for the Shine Glides. Right. Uh, but until Kevin makes a five and a half inch Chad Chad, I may go ahead and get the five and a quarter Shine Glide just to have a smaller glide. Uh, I got the six cents, I think it's the 140 flow glider. And I was not happy with it. Uh, okay. I was pretty disappointed in it. Uh, some guys say you take and shave the joint. Uh, you would shave the point. The shoulders, yeah. And then it'll swim better. Uh, mine barrel rolled pretty bad. Okay. Uh, to get it to a good glide. Uh, it'll, on a straight swim, it looks good. But there was no out. Big wide turns. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, sometimes they want that smaller, bigger size. Uh, a glot, uh, shat. That's why we have. That's why I have at least the two different sizes, seven and a nine. Um, but I, what I've learned over the last couple of years. If you're fishing a spot, you know fish. Start small. Like, so last year, I started the first time hitting the spot for the first time in the year. I threw the six inch mag draft. I was two for two for hits, strikes, landing fish. I had like a 17 and a 19. And I was like, okay. The fish are here. Put the six down. I picked up the eight. Second, I want to say it was <clears throat> second, third cast. I got that nine and a half. Um, wow. I, and I did that on a couple of occasions where I threw just a smaller bait in them just to see if they were there. And uh, if, they, if there was fish in the area, uh, active feeding fish. I would bump up the size. Uh, but it's just this whole fish behavior and seasons and it's it's been fun. I've got uh, there's a lot of guys that try to get one rod to throw everything. Uh, right. Something on my original uh, interview with an uh, OG show I asked those guys, how many different rods are there for conventional techniques? I'd say a lot. A lot. Yeah. I mean, we're talking six foot six, 
lights for throwing drop shot up to a 7-Eleven extra heavy. Extra heavy. And there's 30 something in between. Right. Now you want raw and raw to throw one to six ounces of baits that are treble hook, jig hook, weedless, top water, deep divers. They're they're looking for the seven foot medium heavy of the conventional world. And they're really <laughs> for some right. Bait. Right. Interesting. Uh, I have five roughly five, six rods in my swim bait in rotation for my swim baits. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the seven, nine. It's a uh, three quarter to three ounce. There's the TFO one to six, the KGB two to eight, the KGB eight to 14. And then I, same deal. I went to Bass Pro catalog store I see a rod that looked interesting. It was a Abu Garcia Max Toro, seven foot, one to four. So I was like, that might be a, a pretty good, like, bank feeding stick, thick brush. You don't want that eight foot rod up in the trees. Right. Uh, and that's actually the rod I was throwing the eight inch mag draft with last year and landed that nine and several other fish with. Uh, about 40 bucks, but it was it was a decent rated rod for what I was throwing. Right. They can be had for cheap, but you're going to want to spend your money on quality. <laughs> if you're going to want to like throwing it. Because, like, if you take that catfish rod with that giant red... 6,600 <laughs> that weighs three freaking pounds. You're not going to like throwing that stuff all day. Right. Um, right. Lose makes, Lose makes a big round reel. It's called the uh, Speedcast 600. Uh, it did all right. Um, I think it has a centrifugal cast control. Um but other than that, it was a pretty basic reel. Uh, my only guff about it was the reel body to the spool. There was a, I mean, almost quarter inch gap there. So it was a little awkward making a transition for casting the thumb. Uh, okay. But by putting a Super Duty 300, replacing that reel with a Super Duty 300, I dropped a five or six ounces off the combo. Just that by makes a huge deal. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Low, pro, or the low profile reel. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's like a, it's just like a paddle. Right. Like, We've had that conversation a ton. Yep. Uh, yep. When you're doing something repetitive over and over, six ounces is the difference between 50 and hundred pounds. Basically, you know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. We're not, we're not Jay Randall fishing for sturgeon. <laughs> uh, just we cat make a one or two, three casts every hour and sticking the rod in the holder. Uh, you're making a lot of casts uh, every hour, uh, and especially in the heat of the moment when they're eating fast and you're fishing right. fast. I mean, right. I mean, I've got uh, a few years ago. 
uh, I caught 10 in 20 casts. I had missed eight bites. I hadn't had a good weedless bite in a while, so I, I'd forgotten the particular hook set. I'd been fishing treble baits a lot. And you just let them load up, and then you just kind of gently, like, lean the rod in and let it load up. Not in the weedless baits. On the, on the beast hook, the, the hidden hook kind of stuff, tap, tap, and that rod goes 180 real freaking quick. <laughs> and you hold it there, and you grind. There's none of this pumping stuff. You swing that rod for that i mean just as fast as you could snap hook set that rip that sucker's lips off and turn them back yep you're throwing 20 most of the time you're throwing 20 pound tests and if you're catching four five six pound fish they probably don't stand a chance uh that one nine pound jig fish uh same deal pegged it grinded in i was had that fish's mouth filled with water and its body was pinwheeling as it was coming in. I'll admire it when it's in the net. I don't want to admire it as it swims away after it's thrown the hook. <laughs> <coughs> um, but sometimes you got to play them. Uh, that Tabor Rock Big Bass event I fished after the Big Bass Bash. Uh, I, it was funny. Kevin was on a trolling motor. And we were coming by this big old brush pile on the main lank. And he's probably like, he's like, everyone's brothers, uncles, cousins, nephews probably hit that bush and caught that fish off there. And I'd go and I'd toss that nine inch legend right past it. And here come a four pounder out, slam that bait. It was just skin hooked. Oh, man. On the <laughs> side of the jaw. And I'm like trying to play it real nice. <laughs> the net. He's got one of them extendable nets, like trying to get it. And just as it come up to it, seen the net and pulled off. Yeah. There goes the money check. Heartbreak. Yep. Three pounders will cash the check. There goes the check. Sometimes you got to play them nice. But if they're eating good, just absolutely hammer well, Yep. And reel them in. Unless you visually see that there's an, an issue with your hook set, they they're probably hooked good. Just get them in. Get them in. Yeah. yeah. Don't stop. Unless they wrap you around. Something. Don't stop. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's but it's been. It's been great. I've met a lot of people doing this stuff. Got a lot of great fish throwing these. Um, but it's got to start somewhere. Right. I mean, whether it be a $20 spro, I mean, you got the rat. This is a rat 40. I've got yep. 17, 18 inch smallmouth on the 50, the rat 50 yep. size. Which is, I was gonna say I have the Rat 50. I do. I forgot about that. So. Yep, I've I've got big smallies on that thing. Um, they're not. They are not afraid of. Um, but I mean, initial startup with 
a decent rod and reel, a handful of baits to play with, probably looking three or four hundred dollars. Right. I mean, you're gonna want to at least spend a hundred to one hundred fifty on a, a rod, a hundred fifty. Uh, 100 150 on a reel uh, and then a hundred dollars will go quick in five or six baits and uh, just fish that stuff and learn it some yeah. guys like fishing surface baits and then when that bite goes away they just go back to conventional stuff and they fish it till that bite comes back and then that's all they'll throw um, some guys are big soft plastic guys some guys glides is all they want to throw. Uh, you'll find a niche. You, uh, unlike conventional stuff that gets torn up, I've seen absolute trashed baits go almost retail. Hmm. Especially when they're in hype, in fashion. Right. I, I guess. Um, Cause they'll, they could be chewed up, paint flaking off, missing an eyeball, crooked hooks and, <laughs> and, and still go for damn near retail. Wow. Uh, so you, most of the time, uh, if it's not used or abused on the, on the cheaper end of, of the baits, they can be resold for a decent amount. Right. Uh, same with the rod and reel. I mean, if you just, you fish for four months and you say, screw this, I'm out. You most likely can get almost nearly all your money back. Well, that's good to know. But stick with it. Learn it. And it's really rewarding. Right. But we are at two hours and 15 minutes. So we are a little uh, long, but uh, I mean, I feel like we could probably keep doing this for another two hours, but um, for the oh. sake of brevity and so we can have you on again to cover more of this stuff, I uh, I think we should probably, uh, you know, call it a night on that, but um, I, I want to give you an opportunity to shout out your uh, social media. Uh, where can people find you? Um. I know you said uh, YouTube, uh, Facebook, and Instagram. Is that uh, all under Richie Lowry, or is there? Oh, I've got my personal uh, Facebook profile. It's Richie R. Lockery. Uh, then I have a just a kind of a fan page. Uh, I've not really kept up with it too much. Uh, most swimbait slinger. Uh, I'm more active with it on Instagram, uh, and then that's my YouTube is Missouri Swimbait Slinger, just M O Swimbait Slinger. Uh, and, and how I, about uh, KGB? Where do people find those? KGBSwimbait.com. Okay. Uh, another sponsor is Savior Outdoors. Okay. Uh, never uh, save your stuff. I was going to say, when you're putting that big money in, you want to make sure that you get it back. So. My swimbait rods have the retrieval devices on them. Every single one. Uh, some of the rod blanks have been too thick, and I've had to sleeve them or make adapters for them, but they're on there. Okay. Uh, and then uh, gator guards, uh, keel protection, and uh, kayak skeg, the fiberglass patches, and as a gator patch, and 
all kinds of fun stuff. And they're Gator, uh, I believe it's Gator-Guards.com. Okay. They've got all kinds of fun stuff. And then the Moyak Fishing Series. We just broke a new record, attendance record today. We had 103 anglers on Bull Shoals today. Nice. Uh, that's up from the old record of 87 at the championship, actually, last last year. That's awesome. You can definitely tell, you know, our sport's starting to grow leaps and bounds when that kind of stuff happens. We had guys from Kansas, Colorado, Arkansas, uh, Iowa, Illinois, down Fish and Bowl Shulston. That's awesome. Well, hopefully, you know, uh, speaking of that, I wanted to throw in one little plug real quick for our Paddle and Fin Midwest uh, series that we're trying out uh, for the first time this year. The first events are coming up, uh, I think, the uh, second week of April uh, on Dale Hollow. We have um, the Open and the uh, Clash of Clubs. So if you are interested in that, check it out. So and um, I'm still waiting for the, you know, the PA swing of that uh you know, to make it out this way, but uh, the Midwest should be uh, stacked. They have a lot of cool events, so make sure you guys check that out. Um, yeah. Richie, again, thanks again, man. Um, ton of great information, uh, and we will definitely have to have you on again on the new show. Yeah. Um, we can cover covers. Yeah, no, we got we still have more to cover for sure. So, <laughs> but. Uh, it's been awesome. Um, so thank you again. Um, heck, we could probably even break this down into two episodes, but uh, we'll see where we go. But um, and we'll definitely have you on again. So okay. um, all right. Um, everybody, this has been the Bass Fishing for News segment on the Paddle and Fin podcast, where we bring you the techniques, the trip tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys later. Good night. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com. fun to go with like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chasing the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.